Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noah. They call me Ben. We are joined with our super producer, Paul, Mission Control Deck, and most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. I have a question for the table and for everyone listening to set off this episode. Here it goes. If you could... If you could enhance yourself through some sort of technological or even um, genetic means, what what kind of thing would you guys choose? I would want a spoiler. You would want a spoiler, <laughs> like as on an automobile? Yeah, yeah, okay. so I could run faster. I would cut down my wind resistance. So I'd wear a windbreaker and mm-hmm. then have my spoiler, See, and I would be unstoppable. Got to correct you here, though. That spoiler, and you tell me if I'm wrong about this, but I think that spoiler is to actually provide a tiny bit of drag, isn't it, to push the it's air down, down a little? Downforce. I need some downforce for my <laughs> running sitch, and that's okay. what I'm looking for, a spoiler. Would it be mounted on, like, your posterior or your shoulders? But yes, it would be on um, both. Oh, I would okay. have dual spoilers. Oh my god! Because surely, where one is good, two yeah. is is better, dude. Double, just, double yeah. good. That's what a lot of mods think. Mm-hmm. You know? Add some air vents, and uh-huh. you're good to go. Yeah. What about you, Matt? Uh, for me, it would be something that would enhance my either vision or hearing capabilities. Mm-hmm. I think hearing would be a lot of fun. 
uh, especially because I've got pretty bad hearing as of the moment due to those drums. You're really making me feel like I've squandered my choice. I <laughs> should have thought of this through a little more. I guess I would want to live forever. You would want to live forever? I mean, so, wishes are horses. Yeah, I get, okay, totally. They are horses. Live forever with the option to kill myself. So somehow... Well, that's always on the table. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. Somehow modify your cells to not die off in, in right, some way. Right, to prevent some of that inevitable decay. Yeah. We're... There's good and bad news, right? Um, the good news is that in each of the things we described, and we'll, we'll ask Paul off air, mm-hmm. in each of the attributes we described, while we may not be able to get the full realization of our wishes, we have different types of technology that can uh, can help us. We can, we have the technology, to quote Bionic Man, to build, for instance, uh, a spoiler hoodie, right? Or spoiler slacks. Uh, we have hearing technology that can improve someone's natural hearing. We do have um, some anti-aging stuff, but that's probably more controversial. It's weird because we're talking today sort of about do-it-yourself medicine, DIY medicine, and human experimentation has been, historically speaking, one of the most controversial issues in this realm. The controversy continues in the modern day here in 2018 because recent medical innovations and breakthroughs have allowed for affordable, if super risky, self-experimentation. We have officially entered the age of do-it-yourself biology, which is sometimes referred to as biohacking. Next question, what the hell is that? Well, this one's also interesting because the human experimentation that we're talking about historically has often been against people's will. And this enters, this adds another angle to it. It's almost like assisted suicide where it's like, this is my body. Mm-hmm. Do this to me. I would like to do this to myself. So who is the onus of responsibility on? Is it on the individual doing it or on the people that are secretly doing this uh, research mm-hmm. and not going through the proper channels? And we'll get to that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so the concept of biohacking itself has to do with any kind of activity that, that exploits genetic material. Um, this is going to be like humans and their genetic material or animals. But in, the, in most cases with the DIY stuff, it's on yourself. So it's human genetic material. Mm-hmm. And you're experimenting with this stuff without regard to whatever the accepted standards are, like what the FDA might say. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, this is generally done for either these kind of um, self-startup kind of uh, ventures or for just an individual or sometimes even for criminal purposes. Yeah, that's what you will hear alarmist reporting. They'll say these these crazy kids, these insane biohackers are going to change something about themselves or potentially in the future, something about their unwitting victims. And this sounds like it's the stuff of science fiction, but it is real to some degree. And it's related to other disciplines. You'll hear other words described uh, in in the same conversations. There's grinding, the practice of installing technological devices in the human body, such as magnetic sensors. I think we talked about Mm -hmm. that on the show previously, right? Yeah. A lot of times you'll hear the term wetware when Mm -hmm. uh, dealing with these things. And it's also related to something called nutrigenomics. Have you heard about this one? This one I had not. So it's the use of... um, 
it's leveraging genetic information to determine effects of nutrition and um, what what how the foods you intake and the substances you intake can affect a change in your biology. Oh. Of course, neither grinding nor uh, nutrigenomics are particularly new. People have been installing medical devices in human bodies for decades and decades and decades. If you were listening to this, uh, you have probably at some point met someone who had a pacemaker. Yeah. yeah. And on the subject of nutrigenomics, it's really easy to say, uh, hey, isn't that just, you know, a diet? <laughs> yeah. That just like eat better? Yeah. Um, or are we talking about like some of these Alex Jones remedies, you know? Where, bone broth? Yeah, whatever, ingesting. Mm-hmm. Then at what point does something go from the realm of food to the realm of drugs? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like yeah. if it's like a supplement versus a medication? This is something my wife has been talking with me recently because she follows someone called the Medical Medium who is this guy who is I guess a nutritionist but he also claims the the phrase medical medium. He claims to be able to walk up to someone and basically say what their ailments are without Ooh. knowing anything about them. Can you guess their age and weight too? Yeah. I'm assuming it sounds like a parlor trick, right? Is it like the marbles in a jar thing <laughs> pretty much but with like blood and organs? It feels like some kind of cold reading, right? That's right. what I immediately yeah, – yeah. that's what triggers in me when I hear it. But the guy did in – I don't know if he invented it but he popularized this thing that is very similar to nutrigenomics where it's um, – oh, what is it? Celery juice? That has become, I guess, all the rage in wealthy parts of America where you just drink celery juice all day long and it's going to change your body somehow. Um, I don't know. Do they sell it at Whole Foods? Do you have to juice it yourself? It was – what Diana told me is that it was sold out of Whole Foods for a while there because this guy popularized it so hard. So you can't find celery anymore. There's a big run on celery. (laughs) There's a run on celery. Ideally, you would want to juice it yourself. I would think. fresh. Exactly. Did you – Somebody checked me on this, but side note, it is more expensive for your body, calorically speaking, to consume celery. Uh, like you're, you're losing calories or this you're burning is, them when you eat them. This is my belief because I've heard that too. Yeah. But I don't know if it's true. All right. So let us know, celery fanatics in the crowd. And if you are a celery juice enthusiast, tell us about your nutrigenomic journey. This stuff parallels closely with a philosophy known as transhumanism, the idea that through our own gut gumption technology and can do it we <laughs> can improve ourselves and become something that transcends the idea of homo sapien. Love it. Yeah. It's a, it's a cool idea. It's fraught with problems. We, we've talked before about the Gattaca possibility. Uh, we've talked before about how the, based on the way the world works now, economically speaking, the first people who would become truly transhuman would likely be very, very wealthy people or people who are transformed into weapons of war. Unfortunately, that's that's just how, how, how things look. But our story today takes place in this murky world of biohacking, of transhumanism. But this isn't exactly a dive into the ethical complications of unsupervised self-experimentation. In fact, it's a little more true crime than tech. It's a little more murder than medicine. It's time to meet Aaron Trawick. 
So Aaron Trawick uh, was born December 19th, 1989. Um, he was a transhumanism activist and also the CEO of a company called Ascendance Biomedical, which aimed to make new revolutionary and uh, affordable gene therapies capable of treating previously incurable um, afflictions, let's call them, like herpes or HIV, things that medicine has yet to figure out a solution for that we just people who have them they live with them you know for the rest of their lives yeah and the the emphasis there is on cure yes. right so not treatment m- not treatment so most uh, uh many diseases or afflictions have very effective treatment regimens right mm-hmm. um, and they can repress the symptoms or the consequences of a condition but they will not cure it which works out great for pharmaceutical companies and it's, I'm not saying that that's what they want to happen, but you know, it's somebody nice. somebody paying you five hundred dollars a month for the rest of their life—that's um, a guaranteed income stream. We've kicked this old chestnut down the street many a time, right? Where it's like, does it benefit anyone that's making money off of treatment to cure something? Yeah. Are people actively holding back said cure? I mean, it's. It's a question that we ask all the time and I don't think we've seen definitive proof that yes, that's definitely happening but it sure makes sense. There's definitely motivation there. And uh, it's true that drugs – making drugs uh, here in the US is a labor-intensive, very, very difficult process. Lots of time. Lots of time, not just because it's a needle in the haystack and the haystack is the human body which we still don't fully understand uh, but also because – of the bureaucratic oversight that's required. And that comes into play here later. So Trawick was born in D.C. He lived in Alabama. He graduated with a degree in interdisciplinary studies, which is sort of the, just – it's a very customizable degree, mm-hmm. I guess, is, is a good way to put it. So interdisciplinary studies will have you encountering your basic prereqs or your core classes, the 101s, the 1101s, and then branching out into stuff that interests you more, like the intersection between history and biology or so on. Uh, Trewick had no clinical science background whatsoever, no formal training, no no research experience, and critics were quick to point this out – His critics and opponents also hated his frequent use of the C word or cure Mm -hmm. because they felt it was essentially begging for increased scrutiny and then possible litigation or legal action from the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration. His first big splash into the world of transhumanism and biohacking came about in 2016 when he worked with an outfit called the Global Health Span Policy Institute, a nonprofit advocating investment in unorthodox radical approaches to anti-aging treatments. There's a story here and it may it may uh, bias some of us against Trawick, but it is important to know it's completely true. He got hired because the company was run by his adoptive cousin, a person named Edwina Rogers. She was a lobbyist, former advisor to W. Bush. Because – just really fast, because Trawick was not his given name. He was adopted no. by the Trawick family. That is correct. Yeah, he was adop- adopted by the Trawick family and he's not a blood relation to Rogers. 
So he graduates from college, and he calls Rogers and asks for some career advice. She says, well, what are you interested in? And one of the topics that came up was the idea of life extension, just another way to package Mm anti-aging. That's a passion she shared with him. And, you know, by the time you get toward the end of your individual story, most people are very interested in life extension or anti-aging. She decided to start an organization dedicated to expanding healthy human lifetimes. So she founded this GHPI, and then she installed Trawick as the CEO. She also, and you know, trying to be a good family member, she also helped him move into the house that she and her husband shared in Washington, D.C. Three weeks into his stay, things started to go south. Trawick told uh, her husband, told Roger's husband, a Mr. Niemeyer, that after college he had lived in a tantric sex house in Colorado, and he started talking about his experience there. Mr. Niemeyer was not happy or impressed, and we have a quote from him about his opinion of Aaron Trawick. He had delusions that women wanted him. He'd be talking with them and promising them meetings with senators. And this is outside of the quote. Uh, He also said that at one point, Mr. Trawick referred to the women he slept with as my skanks. Gross. All class. All class. So Rogers realized fairly quickly into this that Trawick was lying to both her and her husband. Trawick was intercepting professional correspondence that was meant for Rogers. And at least once, he took an airplane ticket and a conference invitation on her behalf. So they said, we want you to come to this conference. And he said, oh, they must be me or I want to go. You know, it's just a little bit of a credit hog. And one night in late March, uh, when Rogers' husband was out of town, uh, Trawick attempted to force his way into her bedroom at 2 in the morning. This was one of the last straws. Rogers fires him on July 17th, 2016. He continues to tell people he works at the nonprofit for about a year afterward. And then he goes on to found what you had mentioned earlier, Noel, Ascendance Biomedical in 2017. Yeah, that's right. And this organization had a mission, and it was, quote, to make cutting-edge biomedical technologies available for everyone. Uh, And there was, of course, a controversy from the start, as you might imagine. Ascendants aimed to save money by avoiding the rigor and expense of clinical trials, those pesky clinical trials and FDA oversight. Um, That that seems highly problematic, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, it gets back to that whole idea of those trials, that process is crazy, crazy expensive and also takes a ton of time. Both of those are directly Mm -hmm. linked. And according to Trawick, he said that this kind of getting around these regulations is not illegal. And here's a quote. There are breakthroughs in the world that we can actually bring to market in a way that wouldn't require us to butt up against the FDA's walls, but instead to walk around them. Oh. And what they're talking about essentially is self-experimentation. Self-experimentation is strongly discouraged by agencies like the FDA, but it's difficult for regulators to intervene Mm -hmm. unless you are using a drug that is already a a schedule drug, you know, unless you're saying, I want to figure out the benefits of uh, heroin or MDMA. Uh, They can't really prosecute you. You know, if you say, I'm going to live on a diet of celery juice and buttermilk, 
uh, just mm. for three months and just see what happens to my body. And wheatgrass. And wheatgrass, very important component. They can't stop you because it comes to a matter of personal liberty, right? But my question is, like, this guy sort of casts himself as being at the forefront of this, you know, self discovery, self-experimentation field, mm-hmm. but it seems here that he's almost using this as like a workaround for his company. Right. So he doesn't actually have to spend the money that it takes to do the research and to mm-hmm. do the, I mean, you know, you can say what you will about the FDA and all and how long or, you know, that approval process takes, but this does not seem magnanimous in the way that it's being, um, dis, you know, discussed here. Yeah, it's, it's a good point. What are the true motives versus the stated motives here? And Equally important, what did Ascendance Biomedical actually do? We'll tell you after a word from our sponsors. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. 
Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. And we're back. Now, I think something that sets Ascendance apart as well as Aaron Trawick is kind of the showmanship that, that he had and some of the more radical things that he was willing to do in front of a live crowd. Yeah. In October of 2017, the company Ascendance Biomedical shared a live broadcast over the internet airwaves, Facebook specifically, and it featured Trawick and one of his colleagues slash associates, a guy named Tristan Roberts. Tristan Roberts had HIV and he injected himself with an untested experimental gene therapy. This was presented as someone saying, let's get rid of this unnecessary red tape holding us back. Tristan in the video does say, you know, he indicates that he has consented to this. It is his choice. It's his body. So legally, there's not really too much you can do about it unless you can prove the guy was coerced. But then they had uh, another another similar experiment that involved Trawick himself. Yeah, he ejected himself with something that he referred to as research compound. And in a later interview, he referred to this as a treatment. Um, and uh, another term bound to catch the unwanted attention of that old FDA. And it turned out that this was, at least from everything I've read, a herpes treatment. Right. That's right. And, you know, these both of these actions mm-hmm. are, feel very radical to me personally, sure. going going on a live stream to inject yourself and or your uh, your associate to inject himself with something on, and it's gene therapy of all things. Well, that's that's also that's part of the strange dissonance in the guy's character that we're talking about. He publicly compared himself to Jonas Salk and uh, several other, or like Louis Pasteur, several other great scientists of note, great uh, innovators of medicine. Yeah. Self-experimentation, though, at what point does it become just performance and spectacle? So it's not a surprise that he was a controversial figure in the transhumanism or biohacking community. His critics, there were many, saw him as little more than a smooth-talking showman prone to over-promising and rushing headlong into these deadlines that were just cartoonish uh, without realizing the extent of research and science that was required to accomplish the goals. Uh, his friend Tristan Roberts, who we mentioned earlier, uh, put it this way. He had he has a great quote about this. He seems to promise anything to everyone who was looking for something. He was actually developing some of the things he was saying he was developing. On the other hand, it did seem like he would take any money that people handed him with no regard for executing. Hmm. And here's a question. Let's stop for a tick here. Why are all these people speaking of Aaron Trawick in the past tense? Well, it's because he is dead. That's correct. On April 29th, 2018, the body of Aaron Trawick was discovered floating in a sensory deprivation tank at Sol X Float Spa in Washington, D.C. 
And a sensory deprivation tank is a meditative, mildly therapeutic thing where where you float uh, with minimal clothing or nude in a body of water or fluid. Highly salty water. Yeah, so that that you can float similar like dead sea level. Mm -hmm. And uh, you are left alone with your thoughts. Yeah, it's usually dark, Mm -hmm. quiet. Mm Mm-hmm. And just you, your mind is released a bit from its body. And some people, it would cause uh, serious anxiety. <laughs> right. Me being one of them, I think, <laughs> yeah. just the idea of this does not appeal to me. But uh, our our uh, our cohort, Robert Lamb from Stuff to Blow Your Mind, enjoys them mm-hmm. uh, and, and does them quite regularly. And some people say that it's almost a psychedelic experience where correct, you yeah. feel you see things behind mm-hmm. your eyelids and the the act the absolute lack of any uh, sound or um, sight creates these very intense kind of visions or whatever. And the Metro PD found him, right, uh, after there was a 911 call where I, I believe the I, – I believe he was in the capsule or, you know, in the contraption for long enough. He was in there longer than he was supposed to be and after a certain point, uh, the capsule automatically drains of the fluid. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Yeah. And it's it's in there on purpose just to make sure nothing's wrong and it also lets you know that, hey, your session's over. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we have a whole story here but he was found unconscious inside this float tank and then he was pronounced dead at 11.31 a.m. that day. So there's a bit of a story here. Um, apparently Trawick scheduled a same day float and he scheduled it for 9am in the morning. He showed up about 20, 25 minutes late. Um, then he got in there, he signed the standard waiver and then the soul X co-owner, uh, I can't say the name. Petr- Hedraman Vaziri. There you go. Uh, arrived at about 10, 1049. So if it's an hour long session, he shows up about 20 minutes late. That puts it about around 25, 30 minutes after the session should be ending for uh, Treywick. And the co-owner asked, like, why Why is somebody still in this float room? It was scheduled for this time. There's someone still in there. And it, it became pretty clear that something was going wrong. And they realized that the door to Treywick's room was ajar. And this is not something that would generally happen when you're in one of these sessions. Again, you want it to be quiet. You want to be alone. Generally, someone who's going to get in one of these gets nude or at least close to nude. So they want a bit of privacy. Um, the door was ajar. Um, that They noticed that and it was it was strange, right? Not the tank lid, but the, the door. The door to the room that has the tank in it. Right. And it's like an individual tank in each room. Exactly. Okay. The room itself was was also dark. There were no lights on and it's those sensor lights where if someone would have gotten out of the tank, even opened the door to the tank probably, mm-hmm. that movement would have caused the lights to turn on. But it was dark and then they opened the tank's lid and uh, and they saw him in there and he was unconscious. But it, again, like you said, Ben, it had already been drained by that point. Right. Yeah. So at first they said, you know, we don't have any evidence to suggest foul play. One of Trawick's cousins told the New York Times that police had found ketamine in Aaron Trawick's belongings, specifically in his pockets. This is important because of uh, what the autopsy ascertained. So Bloomberg News published some details of the autopsy findings, and here's what they had to say. Um, Aaron Trawick, uh, they refer to him as the controversial 28-year-old biohacker um, who was found dead in this uh, sensory deprivation tank, accidentally drowned, and he had ketamine in his system. 
Um, the autopsy report that was given to Bloomberg um, showed that that was the cause of death was an accidental drowning and they – kind of vaguely blame ketamine, which is an anesthetic and it's used for recreation. Mm -hmm. But it's not like he overdosed on the drug. He was just under the influence of the drug and supposedly drowned as a result of being intoxicated and not having his wits about him, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Is that what you guys took away from this as well? Essentially, yes. Uh, but And also it should just be noted here while we're still in the investigation and discovery phase mm -hmm. that the Metro police that discovered him said there didn't seem to be any foul play uh, involved right. in his death. Yes, and here is where the story takes a turn. You see, despite the findings of the autopsy that eventually emerged, despite the statements of the police department at the time, many people, both supporters and critics, as well as bitter rivals and enemies, thought there was much, much more to the story of what really happened in that sensory deprivation tank on April 29th. And we'll dive into that after a word from our sponsors. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Today I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. 
Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. Here's where it gets crazy. We have a couple of big questions here that, as Ben said right before the break, have been posed by everyone from his best friends to his most bitter enemies. And the first one is, did Aaron Trawick in some way fake his death? Did – oh, I, have, have I ever mentioned this word on this show before? Surely I have. The, the, the technical term for when somebody fakes their own death? Say it. Pseudocide. It's a, it's a real thing, pseudocide. That's interesting. Is that, Is that a band? Any? Is that a band it already? It should be. It sounds like it could be, but yeah, just the word pseudo and then side. Sort of like regicide is death of a king, fratricide, killing of a brother, right, or a relation. So did – also there's this great book uh, called uh, Going Off the Grid, I think. Oh, Playing Dead, and it's about how difficult it is to successfully commit pseudocide. An author we still haven't interviewed. No, but we have talked about – we have talked with this author about interviewing them. I'm just embarrassed to follow up now. I know. <laughs> how long has it been? Like three years? Oh, oh right. man. So how are you doing? Let's uh, – we'll ask her about her newer books. Okay. Uh, so what what happened here? Um, we found this in a brilliant New York Times article that has one of my favorite quotes it doesn't really have anything to do with this situation. Uh, David Ishii is someone who was familiar with Trawick's work. He first became interested in genetic manipulation because he breeds dogs. And in a quote, he's referring to Trawick. He says, a lot of people want to go fast. Everybody who's new thinks they're going to have a pet dragon in six weeks, but biology beats you down and you realize, okay, this is going to take way longer than I expect. I just wanted to make dogs glow, you know, and that's taken years. <laughs> that's a real quote. Glow? Like yeah. like have shiny coats? That's, yeah, give them phosphorescent genes. Yeah. That's wow. all he wanted. That would have okay. been incredible, David Ishii. It seems uh, like a, a pretty reasonable response. Yeah. Well, uh, they refer to him as a researcher who worked at Ascendance, David Ishii. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure how much association he actually had. That's what the New York Times says. Um, you know, mm-hmm. who knows exactly. But ap- apparently upon hearing this guy who's trying to make dogs glow heard that, um, you know, Trawick had – he had died. Mm-hmm. And his first thought was that perhaps – he had uh, – Aaron had somehow faked it and then run off with all the money that he had been given by clients, which mm. if that's his first thought, uh, it kind of tells you – depending on how closely this guy worked with, with Trawick, it kind of tells you something about Trawick. Mm. Um, and then another person, Tristan Roberts, who we heard from before, uh, said – let's see. He was a biohacker who worked with Ascendance. He thought the same thing and he even he even says that perhaps the body was just a – very convincing clone. He joked about it after hearing about Aaron Trawick. Ouch. And then there's the other possibility. Uh, this 
goes back to that door slightly ajar. Was Aaron Trawick murdered? Hmm. Okay, so New York Times reported that this person, Kelly Martin, who was one of the founders of Ascendance Biomedical, um, had her own theory um, about the whole situation, and it hinted at a different conspiracy. And here's a quote. Um, There's speculation, if you watch Aaron's last video, that he was going to provide disruptive technology that would upend Big Pharma. Um, And also she goes on, quote, he said that we were close to coming up with something that was pretty revolutionary. Um, It is interesting, and it seems like the kind of claims this dude would have been known to make. That's the thing. Yeah, exactly. And it's so vague. But it's big. It's huge. It's exciting. I can tell you because we have a rapport. I mean, everything we know about this guy up to this point makes me see him as kind of like one of these kind of fake it till you make it tech bro startup guys, you know, who just kind of like talk a big game and the hopes people will throw money at them and then they kind of figure it out as they go along, you know? I mean, I'm not saying he didn't have some smart ideas or wasn't working on some interesting stuff, but I just – it doesn't scream – you know integrity yeah. integrity thank you yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so well, let's let's play the reindeer games for a a little bit longer and say let's say okay what if just as a thought experiment what if this was a case of homicide it is easy to make someone drown you know and it's not impossible to make it look like an accident so for people who believe that Aaron Trawick was murdered, they will raise uh, several different, let's call them species of suspects and their motivations. First off is the FDA. Uh, we have a quote from a guy with a really cool name, Zoltan Istvan. Right? Zoltan, like the, like the machine is Zoltan, big. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't that his name? Wasn't he the great Zoltan? That's amazing. Zoltan Istvan. Uh, he's a futurist who – And at the time that he's quoted, he was a libertarian candidate for the governor of California and he was talking to The Independent, which is a great paper out of the UK. I immediately thought of an FDA conspiracy theory when I heard that Aaron was found dead. Our medical system is not one to find cures but to keep people alive as long as possible while they're sick to make money off of them. And then Tristan Roberts had a quote that also echoes sort of the same thing. Yeah, he said, I have always felt that the threat from humans profiting off the status quo was greater than the experimental therapies themselves. So as though the uh, the outside forces that control the current medical situation were more dangerous than the things that were being injected into yourself on a live stream. It's right. So interesting. The idea here is the gist of it, right, is that Trawick is too dangerous or disruptive to the existing status quo of medicine and money. And in the case of the FDA, the idea is that he was murdered because he was threatening the FDA's monopoly on drug approvals and clinical trials. And it's actually I don't want to sound insane here, but it's actually pretty difficult to get approval for any kind of clinical trial. Back when I was uh, trying to buy a uh, transcranial direct current simulation device, yeah. uh, you had to jump through a lot of hoops just to even get on the phone with someone who would sell them. And I, I was beating my head against this. So I can see the appeal of biohacking. You can also find uh, some great forums online with instructions to build your own transcranial simulation device. Uh, but nowadays, luckily, well, it's still kind of gray market, you can buy one. 
has bad long-term effects on your IQ, though, so far as we know. And what are the what are the positive qualities of this thing? It puts you in. It, it creates that experience of being in the zone. You know, have you ever been, for instance, uh, playing music? And yeah, like a flow state or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. it puts you it puts you in a flow state, and it will enhance uh, various cognitive abilities, at least on the short term. But until it rips them away from you. Yeah, but is it a flowers for Algernon situation? I was about to situation? say. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. There's, not, uh, there's not very good publicized long-term studies of the effects. And I imagine that would be the case. I don't know. I mean, even with FDA trials, it seems like there's so many medications that we don't fully understand the long, long, long-term effects of oh, yet, sure. even if they've gone through the proper trial. So I would imagine with some of these uh, genetic enhancements or these uh, genetic therapies or whatever mm-hmm. – even if they did fix something up front, who knows if the problem they caused down the line maybe didn't outweigh the positive thing they did, you know? And, you know, Big Pharma will show up later in this podcast, but there's, we also should make a point that there's some corruption in those FDA trials. If Pfizer really wants to get something through, the FDA will probably let it happen. Well, I mean, with all the opiate epidemics that we've been talking mm-hmm. about and they just now approved an opiate that's like – 50 times more potent than OxyContin or something like that, yeah. or it was something like that. I mean, not that number exactly. I'm not, don't quote me on that, but it was significantly more powerful and concentrated. And they were just like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Let's put it out there. This didn't uh, like cause us like a huge problem before. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. kids are too hyper. Maybe we should just give them, you know, opiates for children, right? Yeah. The opiate of the masses, <laughs> right? Uh, the opiate of the elementary school classes. There right? you go. Uh, ben. My man. Uh, well, uh, speaking of the FDA, right, they refuse to comment on the conspiratorial claims. <laughs> it's not a surprise that they didn't have someone come out and say, hey, guys, we know there's been a lot of talk about us hunting and killing uh, biohackers. We just want to say that specifically we didn't do Aaron Trawick. Because that sounds really sketchy. So instead, one of their spokespeople pointed to a um, – a webpage that the federal agency published shortly after Tristan Roberts injected himself with that attempt at an HIV cure. But the FDA does have a position on this. I mean, you know, it's it's a little bit of, of kind of showmanship kind of an, an almost snake oil salesmanship as well when he says, oh, no, it's fine. This isn't actually illegal. But my question at the top of the show was, yeah, maybe it's not illegal for an individual to try whatever uh, method of, of treatment they would like on their self, whether it be some kind of you know, herbal remedy or injecting something that's given to them into their body. But at the same time, it's illegal to take illegal drugs. So that's mm-hmm. – obviously that argument doesn't always hold up, does it? We can't do whatever we want with our bodies, can we? Anyway, point being, that's his argument is that whatever an individual wants to do to their body is okay as long as that individual gives consent for them to do it. Um, The FDA sees it a little differently. This is what they say. FDA is aware that gene therapy products intended for self-administration and do-it-yourself products or kits rather to produce gene therapies for self-administration are being made available to the public. The sale of these products, the sale of these products is against the law. FDA is concerned about the safety risks involved. Consumers are cautioned to make sure that that any gene therapy they're using, they're considering using, has either been approved by FDA or is being studied under appropriate regulatory oversight. 
Mm-hmm. As we know, the whole point behind this guy's company was to avoid regulatory oversight of any kind. To walk around. Yeah, to <laughs> circumvent it, <laughs> using this argument of, it's my body, I'll do what I want. But we know that's, that, that doesn't really hold up. And well, it's not your body as soon as you start selling it to other people, that yes, treatment. exactly. So it's, it doesn't ring true. And then there's the other species, or the, the related conspiracy theory about this that concerns big pharma, uh, either operating independently or in cooperation with the FDA. And it's pretty much the same thing, but they mad lib it a little and they just switch out FDA for big pharma. However, there are some pretty significant problems with both of these theories. First and foremost, multiple people will say that Aaron Trawick was much more of a gladhander and a publicity hound than, you know, someone doing the actual work. We've all met people like this. You know, one of the sayings I like to throw around is everybody wants to eat. No one wants to cook. It's pretty common. Like if you've ever done group work in college, you've probably run into a situation where there might be one person who's just not – just doesn't seem to care, you know. But you all get graded accordingly and your professors – I don't know. I hope they would be understanding, but I've I've been in like I've, I've been in college where that kind of stuff happens. And Trawick, according to his critics, again, this is the view of his critics, was someone who was very anxious to take credit for things they didn't actually do, right? And to shortchange the people, his scientists, his contractors, his Tristan uh, Roberts and so on, and then go on the publicity tours, interview circuits and what have you. But if he was – that, the thing is if the critics are right and if he was one of those types of people, murdering him would not solve any of the problems for the FDA or Big Pharma because the actual people doing the, the work and creating these uh, – Genetic manipulation substances would just continue to work and they – you know, there's a, there's a brutal but uh, possibly valid argument that they might do better work once Trawick was no longer at the top and pushing them toward these deadlines that made them cut corners. And then secondly, I don't know. This is something that feels weird to me about this. Why would you engineer a death through ketamine? Like couldn't you have an – couldn't you have a car accident? Couldn't you have – Something that looks like a heart attack? Well, in a way, this was an accidental death, right? Yeah, yeah. At least whether there's ketamine or not, the drowning could have occurred. I've heard ketamine is a pretty all-encompassing, intense situation Mm -hmm. where you feel like you're outside of your body and it's a whole uh, dissociative, I believe, is the type of drug it is. So I could imagine that taking it and being submerged in a situation like that might not be the smartest idea. Although I – I hear that it is a common thing to take something that would provide some form of hallucinogenic effects while in one of these Sure, DMT, LSD, but ketamine's different, right? I've never heard right? of that. That's what I'm saying. I've, I've never thought Ket- of that as being a It's a, a – that's what they call a K-hole, right? right? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I've never – I've definitely never um, messed with anything like that before, but I've – you know, it's been – described in movies. It's a club drug. Right. You know? In the UK, yeah. it's very popular. Yeah. People take it and go to raves and stuff, but I don't understand how that would work if it's I, a tranquilizer. Yeah. You I know? thought it was a horse tranquilizer, like veterinary yeah, an animal tranquilizer. used for animals, yeah. Uh, but to your, to your point, Ben, everything you've been saying here, it almost – it strengthens the idea of our third possible suspect. The, <laughs> the, the argument you're making about – his personality, how he functioned within the company, how he functioned on a work level, it does make it seem like maybe it was somebody who he had wronged. Yeah, let's say someone killed him not because of his talent for, you know, 
bilking the work of others, but for some sort of personal vendetta, right? Let's talk about those upset investors and or those rivals in the biohacking community. A former business partner, a guy named Rich Lee, noted that Trawick had ripped off partners, ripped off researchers, and ripped off the public. He also, Trawick that is, allegedly owed money to fellow biohackers. Originally, Lee and uh, all these partners thought that Trawick was very professional, and he was supposed to issue them all shares or stock in a company, but Lee says he screwed them all over. Also, Lee, uh, here's a side note about Rich Lee. Uh, he originally, one, one of his breakthrough inventions, was a piece of wetware, a vibrating penile implant called the Lovetron 9000. And oh. that's he was interacting with Trawick in, in this regard. Uh, wait, wait, he was interacting? In, well, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> in, in a business sense regarding okay. this invention, uh, Trawick wanted to own 75% of the profits made from sale of the device in exchange for providing funding. And Trawick only offered to pay him five grand to get it off the ground. And he said Mr. Lee had to pre-sell the implant before it was finished and tested. And then, you know, Lee understandably is thinking, I can't pre-sell somebody an implant for their genitalia unless I'm convinced it's both going to happen and happen safely. Did you say the name of the thing? Lovetron 9000. The Lovetron. Yeah, (laughs) did. I love that. I I love Tron that. (laughs) You love Tron 9000 that, right? Uh, So now we go back to Tristan Roberts' original joke about faking one's own death, committing pseudocide. Lee, it turns out, takes this idea seriously. Yeah, we have a quote here. It says, Big pharma and government conspiracy theories started springing up after his death, but my first instinct was that he'd faked his own death and fled the country. Given the controversy surrounding him, some people suspected it would have been a hit that another biohacker could have done it. And it does look pretty suspicious. From the outside, you'd point to a feud between biohackers. But what feud? Have we really seen like a real, you know, tooth and nail fight between him and any other specific biohackers? Are these people that gangster? It's a good question. That's, That's the thing. It seems more like people resented him. It seems that he – many people do feel like he stole their money essentially or swindled them or stole their work. Or even stole their kind of uh, cred in a way by like mm-hmm. being so vocal and like out- outspoken on the internet and kind of hogging the limelight in a mm-hmm. way. Whereas I almost want to th- – feels to me like some of these communities would prefer to be a little more underground. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like how much of it is um, – Ringling Brothers, mm. you know, how much of it is sound and fury, right? And, and it's strange because after Trawick lost his shareholders or high t- skedaddled with their stuff, he started going really hard on his employees. He would announce these unrealistic deadlines to the media, to the public, and then he would pressure his researchers, again, the people doing the work, to cut corners on science to meet these crazy deadlines. It sounds a little bit like he was impulsively talking for a reaction in the moment and promising things that couldn't happen. This is also very common in politicians. Yeah. Or or a purposeful way to put pressure on his employees. Just like put it out there while I said it, so now we got to do it. This also – 
this deadline rush mm-hmm. and this kind of unsustainable growth that it was pushing for makes Lee believe a suicide is plausible. He says that Aaron was suing a few friends and media outlets for defamation, but two weeks before his death on the 29th, he dropped all of the lawsuits. Then he had a deadline coming up in a couple of days, one that there was no way in hell he was going to make. So does this mean that maybe he hit a wall of burnout and desperation and decided to quietly take his own life? If so, that's that's tough to say because how many people choose that method of uh, self-extermination? Well, there's – okay, a couple of things really fast. Mm. I got to point to the fact that ketamine can take you to that state of euphoria where perhaps if you knew you were going to die or kill yourself, mm-hmm. you would not experience the pain and terror and horror of passing over. Like LSD with Aldous Huxley? Well, it's it's like yeah, kind of like that. Where it's been used before, I believe ketamine itself has been used. I know several drugs have been in assisted suicide to to let people die without experiencing well, the existential like, the dread. fear. But, yeah, but 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 he didn't overdose. He didn't. There was nothing in his system that indicated that he took a drug to kill himself. He drowned. But perhaps not to overdose, but to die while on it. I, I'm just putting no, that out there. No, it's interesting. I'm just kind of being devil's advocate here. It's an interesting concept. Um, I, I would lean much more towards an accidental drowning That's while intoxicated. Yeah. I yeah. think that's that's where the story seems to lead us. You know, right now, people still believe that there was something greater at play. Again, the primary thing is that if if a large private or governmental organization was going to remove someone from the picture for this kind of genetic manipulation, it's far more likely that they would remove the people actually doing the manipulation, actually doing the research. They wouldn't They wouldn't need to get rid of someone who was more of a um, networker and publicity person. They would need to get rid of the scientists. And that's that's where yeah. we're at with this story. We we would love to hear if you if you're listening and you're part of the biohacking community, we'd love to hear your take. And I would completely agree with you, Ben. If it wasn't for that ajar door, yeah, there we go. See, because there, yeah. if he was in that sensory deprivation tank and he drowned in that sensory deprivation mm-hmm. tank before it was drained, who opened that door? Is it possible that an employee opened it, found him dead, and said, "Like I'm not." <laughs> I'm just going to go. Maybe he was just raised in a barn. Yeah, maybe he just didn't close. But no, because the person who puts him in the tank would have to leave the room. Yeah, exactly. So maybe they were raised in a barn, yeah? I don't know. It's possible some part of the story was raised in a barn. It's possible that there's a uh, big barn element that we have not considered yet. A man is dead, you guys. I know, I know. It is is true. The loss of uh, human life is always a tragedy regardless of how – how people may or may not feel about Aaron Trawick. If you, if, you, if you think that he was fighting the good fight and pushing technology forward, you can agree it's a loss. If you thought you know, that he was more of a swindler and a credit thief, then it's still a tragic thing. It's a tragic event when someone dies. It is important to note, if we're talking about the actual medicine, this is another argument maybe against the FDA idea. Mm-hmm. Neither the herpes nor the HIV treatment actually worked. In fact, 
the guy who self-injected the HIV treatment, his viral load increased, I believe, after the injection. Oh, and he went back on his traditional mm-hmm. HIV cocktail. Right. However, people in the community generally agree that love or hate, like or dislike, Aaron Trawick brought much more attention to the transhumanist cause even – and his opponents are still saying bad things about the guy – even if it was just a cautionary tale about how to not go about doing things. Ooh, I, got, I got two two small addendums that okay. might be of interest. So right before his death, Aaron Trawick was planning a CRISPR trial in Mexico at a place called the International BioCare Hospital and Wellness Center – and the MIT Technology Review followed up on this lead. They did a great job and they found that, yes, there was a trial. It was going to be for lung cancer. People had to pay – participants had to pay $25 at first to have Aaron Trawick, I guess, evaluate them or interview them to see if they were a good fit for the trial. And the clinic confirms that they were in talks. They did get pretty pretty far along in the process, but they're not going to go forward with the trial now that Trawick has passed away. So is somebody attempting to stop that trial specifically? Yeah, because it seems like, again, to our earlier points, they, the company could have continued along with that trial. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, but, you know, maybe he's the linchpin. It sounds like he was organizing a lot of stuff. Here's the last addendum, though. You guys remember recently, we, I think we had talked about this a little bit off air, maybe on the our Facebook page, here's where it gets crazy. Shameless plug. The story of the Chinese scientist who claimed to have made the world's first genetically modified children. Yeah, yeah. also an ethical quandary, right? Because he sort of followed actually a similar path as uh, mm. this story that we're telling today where he kind of did a lot of this stuff outside of uh, oversight and then presented the findings in, I believe, a YouTube video of some kind or some kind of internet stream. He made an appearance at the Second International Summit on Human Genome Editing in Hong Kong. He did do something, though, where he revealed some part of his research mm-hmm. online. I uh, think it went viral or something. something Maybe like they recorded that. him saying it. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think the people in the room, the, the perspective was largely like pearl clutching and gasping. It's like, yeah. dude, what the hell? Like, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, especially when uh, the, you're in a room full of scientists who are saying, look, we're trying not to scare people, bro. The Here's the thing about that scientist. The story just broke on December 3rd today as we what? recorded. Uh, he is missing amid rumors of an arrest. Okay. No one knows where he is. They say he was placed under house arrest in Shenzhen after the conference, but his former workplace says the detention claims are inaccurate. We don't know where he is. Well, is this another episode? It very well may be, but it's yeah, it's probably a story for a different day, you know. Maybe the maybe his science was bad, maybe he got carried away, but I don't think that's a reason for him to get disappeared. Yeah. Maybe there's something else going on. Might have to look into it. All right, so what do you think? You got to write to us. You got to tell us. Go on. Here's where it gets crazy. Let's have a discussion about this one. This feels like a good one. It's That's very on right. Facebook. It is on Facebook. Ben already plugged it really hard. <laughs> um, it's a quick plug. It's it a smooth, <laughs> smooth slide into a segue plug. Right. So, um, so find us on Facebook or on Twitter where we're Conspiracy Stuff. On Instagram, we're Conspiracy Stuff Show. If you don't want to do those things, you can give us a call. one 833 S-T-D-W-Y-T-K. 
That's right. Leave a message. You might get on the air. Uh, we're going to have another one of those pretty soon. We got to do that. Mm. And um, oh, what else here? We just we just want to have a discussion about this one. Really, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in this in this story, and uh, we want to see maybe you if you've uncovered something in this realm, in this world where Aaron Trawick existed that. Is so murky. And, and what do you think about biohacking in general? Yeah. That's the thing. So this is an interesting tangentially related thing. And we'll get out of here before Mission Control kills us. Should it be illegal for people to use performance-enhancing drugs or technology in the world of sports? I ask this because in the old days of baseball, using a baseball glove was considered unsportsmanlike and cheating. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. You're just supposed to... Bare knuckle it. Yes, bare knuckle it. Do you guys remember in the 2000s when it was illegal to take steroids? <laughs> that was a crazy that's, time. That's funny. <laughs> that's funny, Matt. <laughs> I like what you did there. Hey, if you don't want to do any of that other stuff, you don't want to do the internet thing, well, you still got to do the internet a little bit in the, to do this, but it's, it's a very light use of the internet. You can send us an email. We are conspiracy at howstuffworks.com. Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your your perfect home sweet home.